The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod, and we're coming to you live from the Warner Center in Woodland Hills, California. How are you this morning? I'm good, and I'm glad to be here with you. I'm Shannon Penrod, and um, I want you to know that this, where we are right now, it is the home for Autism Live and the Warner Center, but it is also the home for the Center for Autism and Related Disorders. We're very excited to be here. Um, I'm an autism mom. I like to say that right from the, the right from the jump, as they say. I'm a very proud autism mom. My son was diagnosed with autism at the age of two and a half, and we're one of those families that got incredibly lucky. And if you need to hate me for that, bring it. Um, but here's the deal. I want to help you to get as lucky as I was. We got the right services at the right time. We started services with the Center for Autism at the, and Related Disorders at the age of three. He was like three years and one month. And it made all the difference. It made all the difference. And it wasn't easy. I always like to tell people um, there was nothing easy about it, but was it worth it? You betcha. And um, I, so worth it that I changed my life about it, and I'm here to talk to you and help you to get you what you need. And I know that this is not a one-size-fits-all proposition, right? That, you know, you might be an individual who's on the autism spectrum, and the thing that you need help with is something, you know, having to do with social skills at the age of 22. Or you might be a parent of a young child who is newly diagnosed and just turned four and nonverbal, right? And what you need and what that 22-year-old needs are vastly different. And I'm here to tell you that I want to help all of you get to what it is that you need. Uh, and if obviously, and I like to say this at the start of the show, I'm not an expert, but I care. I really, really care, and I want to help you to get to those things. And I know a lot of people from having hosted shows uh, about autism for a long time. So write into us. Traven's going to show you uh, all the different ways that you can write into us. Um, and what we will do is try to get somebody on the show to talk about the topic that you want to talk about. Or I can, at the very least, find out, well, who is the person who knows about that so I can give you that contact information? That's, you know, that's what we're about here. So look at all the ways that Traven is showing you that you can participate in the show. We are going to be with you live for the next hour. And uh, you can be writing in on the live feature, which is on our home webpage, which is autism-live.com. You can be watching our old videos there, our library. Some of them are not that old. Some of them were minted yesterday, right? Um, 
but you can also write in there's a chat button at the bottom of the page you flick that it's free it opens up a box You're, it's anonymous i don't get to know who you are please write in as much information as you want be as specific as possible it is really important that you let us know not your exact address i don't need to know that but if you let me know what the biggest major city is close to you and have pity because i i am finding out i am geographically challenged in a big way um so i i don't know why that stuff just didn't stick uh so you know give me hints about where where you are in the world because the services aren't the same everywhere and the resources that I can offer you are not the same. And you might be living in the place where you hit the jackpot, uh, jackpot and or you might be living in a place where we got to drum up some support for you, right? But that is what we're here for, is for information and inspiration. We want to help you to get what you, where you need to get to and how you want to get there. I mentioned that um, we welcome the larger autism community here. Of course, we welcome individuals who are themselves on the autism spectrum, right? It starts and ends there. But in between, there's a whole lot of area in which we want to welcome the people who care about those individuals. That means the parents, the caregivers, uh, the aunts, the uncles, the boyfriends, the girlfriends, the husbands, and the wives. You know what I'm saying? So the employers, yes, we want more and more of those here because we want more and more employers of individuals who are on the autism spectrum. We know how fabulous it is to hire them. Come on, let's get everybody on that page. So we welcome all of you. Bring your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, your concerns. Um, we are here for you. Uh, and not just during the live show. You can write into us at any point outside of the live show. You can even email me directly at s.penrod at autism-live.com. Sound good? All right. Then if, if we're all set, uh, then it's time, my friends, for the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey nani nani are those experts talking about. Okay, so here, and I love it when we go to alphabet land. And usually anytime we do anything having to do with school, it's welcome to alphabet land, right? So here you are, alphabet land, OT. Um, I remember right when my son was being diagnosed, the school district came to us and they said, well, we have all these services that we can offer you and, and you know, we have OT. And, and I was like, what, what is that? Like, is it short for otter? What is OT? And of course, then they went, oh, occupational therapist, right? I'm giving away some of it already. But I remember thinking, occupational therapist? My son is not even three years old yet. He just is turning three. Why does he, he doesn't have a job yet. Why would we need an occupational therapist? So this is why we include this in the jargon. So first of all, let's take a look at what our actual definition is, which I just gave away. It's an occupational therapist. That is what an OT is. It's just that you will see, the longer you spend in this journey with autism, you will see that there are all different terms for all different things and it takes so much time to say them that you got to find a shorter way to say it so OT occupational therapist but why would someone on the spectrum at any age need an occupational therapist so let's go on to our working definition to see what they might do so it's an OT is a health professional whose goal is to help people achieve independence 
meaning and satisfaction in all aspects of their lives. Now, did you know that? Because here's the truth. If you get a really good OT, then they're going to look at what isn't functional in your life and help you to make it functional. Now, this is different than a behaviorist, right? And I know that sometimes it's very confusing to people, but I'll tell you, one of the best books that I think that everybody should put on the back of their toilet in their bathroom, uh, it's called The Pocket OT. Uh, and it's written by a friend of the show here. So go look for it, The Pocket OT. And you can even go to her website, uh, The Pocket, I think it's thepocketot.com. Um, and what it has is short little things, one pagers in this pocket OT that tell you things that you can do with an individual to help with them all different kinds of things. It's really quite wonderful. And I guarantee if you put it on the back of the toilet, you or somebody else in a moment of needing to spend some time in the bathroom, will pick it up and look and go, Hey, I could do that. Right. And there are so many things that an OT can do. And if you get a really good OT and heaven knows that there are more of them now than ever, Look, there are some people who come in and just go, well, I'm an OT and I work in a school setting, so here are the eight things I do, right? And you'll see, you know, one of the things that they do is they help kids to be able to build the muscles in their hands so that they can write, right? An OT would love this little uh, thing that I have on my pencil here uh, that helps to, uh, to make a, a pencil or a spoon adaptive. I can, I can do this way for a small kid to be able to do the crayon thing, but I really don't want to foster much of that. I really want to be teaching a tripod, and I'm doing it wrong, a tripod grasp, right? So one of the things that an OT does is they print out coloring book pages that have a thick black outline to something and they'll do them for all different kinds of seasons. So, you know, we're, uh, a day before Valentine's Day right now. So they might print, you know, print out big hearts, right? And they'll give them to the kids and they have them lay down on their bellies, on the floor, on the carpet, and they give them a push pin and they supervise greatly, right? And they ask them to push through um, the, the paper um, into the carpet with the push pin all around the outline. And then they'll hold, when they're done, they'll turn the paper over and they'll hold it up to the light and the kids can see that they have made the shape with the push pin. Okay, what are we working on when we do that? Well, when you have a push pin, you can't hold it like this, right? So the, and the kids find it very rewarding. It's a very soothing task that they do. So it actually forces them to work on the tripod grass because that's the only way you can hold a push pin. It develops the muscles of pushing right through to the carpet and it has to be through on a carpet. Otherwise it's a hard activity, but there's something very deeply satisfying sensory wise of, of doing that uh, repeated motion into the carpet. Try it if you don't believe me. It's very satisfying and very satisfying. When you hold the picture up, if you haven't gone all the way around the line, then you don't get the full picture. You don't get the full reinforcer, right? So kids are very motivated. They like it. They'll do it. And since we're putting them on their bellies and having them sit up, we're helping them to work on the muscles that, that, that hold your body up. So they're working on their core muscles. They're working on the muscles up here and being able to do their hand. That's really working on some muscular different things. So that's just one example of something that an OT does with a smaller child 
that's reinforcing fun and gets them to be able, this helps build those hand muscles so that they can go back to class and, and, and begin to have the muscles to be able to write and, and build towards that. So imagine, you know, for a 16-year-old, what an OT can do. Uh, OTs can help with sensory regulation. If you have a 16-year-old who is having a, a difficult time with noises, uh, let's say we've had people write in before and talk about being in a cafeteria, that in younger schools, they have like a multi-purpose room and it, you know, it's the room where they do this, they do that. And, and sometimes it's got better sound protection than other rooms, whereas some older schools like high schools have the gymnasium, uh, this wood floor and cinder block uh, walls, and they all go in there to have lunch. And for our kids, this is a sensory nightmare, right? It's echo, 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 and all these people talking and they, they just can't handle it. So a really good OT who knows their stuff will work on sensory processing and they can do a systematic desensitization where a good OT would go in, record that room uh, during lunchtime when it's really, really loud and start having the tape recording of it play in the background when we're working on something that's totally fine and start with it at like, you know, not even at one, at half and slowly turn up until it's at the volume that it's at um, during school and the, and the individual, the 16 year old has built up a tolerance to it. So. OTs are pretty fabulous if you've got somebody who's really good and knows their stuff. Check out the Pocket OT to get some ideas about what kinds of things that an OT can do and check out her website. Um, she even has CDs that are um, uh, dis, uh, sound uh, sensitization so that she's got things like sirens and, and stuff like that on her CDs so that you don't have to go out and record a siren if, you're, if your child is sensitive to those. So, um, and, and you can, if you've got an OT through school, you can talk with them about what you want them to work on. Empower yourself. Because there are some OTs that are phoning it in. You know what I'm saying? And then there are some OTs that the stuff that they do hand in hand with ABA can blow the roof off. It's so awesome. Uh, but work with them. Tell them what you want. Don't expect them to know exactly. And, and make sure that you're working with, because man, more and more schools are churning out some pretty fabulous OTs. What, a, what an addition to the team. Absolutely love it. All right, that was our jargon for today. Moving on, we always have a question of the day for you guys. And you can write this in on YouTube, you can write it in on Periscope, um, on Facebook. We love it when you guys talk with us, but also on our live feature. Um, and so we're putting it out there because I know that there are some of you that have great stories about what an OT and what OT services have been able to do to help you or your child. So let's let's put it up there because a lot of people don't know what these services can do, so they're settling for nothing, you know, or, you know, like that watered down sort of OT, the person who doesn't quite know what they're doing. So write in and tell us examples of how OT has helped you or your child. We'll be checking in later on to see some of those. Okay, and that moves us over to our topic of the week. And our topic this week, uh, all week, has been this idea of your inner circle. This is, these are the people who you, are your go-to, right? 
Um, they're, they're the people that you're going to go to when you need help, when you need support. And I, I want to just say that I think when, when you or your child has been diagnosed with an autism spectrum disorder, this group of people becomes that much more important, right? And it shifts sometimes. Sometimes the people who were your inner circle, they end up stepping a little bit back and other people step forward. And this is okay. Sometimes it feels bad, but I'm here to tell you that it's okay and it's a thing to be embraced, right? That I remember one of the first things that somebody said to me when my child was diagnosed, they said, welcome to the club that you never thought you wanted to belong to, but once you get here, you're going to see it's filled with really amazing people. And, and I certainly have found that to be very true. Um, in the beginning, I was like, I don't, I don't want this to be my club. I don't. I don't want to have to be in this category. And now I proudly claim it is my tribe. I wouldn't want it any other way because I have met some of the best people on the face of the earth. Um, and they are a part of my inner circle now. And they are people that I did not know before my child was diagnosed with autism. And look, I had some, had and have some really amazing people in my life who are what you call those really good friends, really good friends. But, um, but I have more now. Um, and they are people who get it and that you got to have people who get it because you know there's some stuff that you need to be able to say to somebody that that your best friend who's got three typical children who you have trusted with absolutely everything your whole life and you go and you say to them something and, and they they're like no but that's not a thing look I remember even the smallest things right I remember a friend calling me up and saying that her child her neurotypical child had yelled at her and said I hate you and and ran down the hallway and slammed the door in her face and this was like a five-year-old child and and my son had been diagnosed with autism and had become nonverbal and she said to me it's you know it's the worst thing in the world and I got to be honest I was not the most compassionate person on that day because I was like it's not it's not the worst thing in the world I know that you're having feelings about it but it's but it's not like and she said you wait and see when when Jem does that to you and when he tells you I hate you and runs down the door and slams the door and says I don't want to talk to you you'll see and I, and I said to her bold face I said I will celebrate on that day because it means that my son if he can say I hate you he can say I love you and I don't know if I'm ever going to get that, right? If he is mad enough at me that he says, I hate you, and he runs down the door and slams the door and says, I don't want to talk to you, I'll be going, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and like, maybe it was not the moment to say that to her while she was having a problem, but she didn't get that, right? And, and she wasn't in the place to get it. But let me tell you, I did get to that day, and my son said, I hate you, and he went down and slammed the door, and I was doing the party, and, uh, right? Because um, I knew it wasn't going to last. Um, I knew that wasn't going to be the end of the story. And, and I was thrilled that he could convey to me his feelings and that I could, un you know, that I could understand his frustration and, and that he was frustrated with me because he wanted something and I was not given into it. Whew, celebrate, right? Um, that was a day to celebrate. So it was important for me to have a friend that I could talk to about that and the friend could say yes and that, you know, and, and maybe don't say that to your friend with the neurotypical children because she's not going to get it. You're wasting your breath there. Uh, for me to go, oh, okay, yeah, no, you're right. I shouldn't be talking about that with her. She was going through something real and I could have been more compassionate if I had a place to share what I was going through. You see what I'm saying? 
Your inner circle has to meet your needs. And when, when you or your child have been diagnosed on the autism spectrum, you're gonna have some needs that aren't what it was before. So cultivating that inner circle, getting the right people in there so that you are supported. It's, when you feel that way, it's the best, right? We're, we're just about coming up to, you know, we're mid-February now, and um, which means we're just a hop, skipping away from April. And I would tell you, if you don't have an inner circle, April is the perfect time to find these kinds of people to welcome into your circle. I would encourage you to look now. There are events that are going to happen in your area that are going to be autism-specific events, and your if, if you will go to them and have an open mind and an open heart, you are going to meet people at those events. So if you've been waiting to find your inner circle, let me just tell you, April, April is the best time. You can find people any time of year, but April, it's easy. You're tripping over people. Uh, <laughs> Right? So keep that in mind. Okay, moving on here. Uh, we have a great show for you. I'm so excited because we are going to welcome for the first time on the show Erin Herman. And she is the creator of Stinky Boys Soap Company. What a great name, right? Um, so we're going to be talking with her in a few minutes about... Uh, what, how that came to be, what that has to do with Autism Live, and so on and so forth. A little bit later on, we're going to take our mindfulness moment. We're going we're to pause, slow it down a little bit, and be mindful, uh, because that, we know, will help uh, with our everything. Okay, so stay tuned. We're going to take a short break, and then we're going to be back with Aaron. I guess, no, we're doing mindfulness first. It helps if I look at the schedule. So stick with us. We're going to be right back. We're going to take a mindfulness moment, slow it down, get it all together. Stick with us. Welcome back. We are going to take a second here to talk about mindfulness because even, even for me, it's like, whoo, take that moment. Uh, mindfulness is uh, about being in the present and taking just the opportunity to be in the, the moment because often nothing bad is happening in this moment. And we all kind of get caught up in that energy of what happened before or what's about to happen. And that's just going to be a part of our day. We're never going to get completely out of doing that. But when we get into those two spaces, we get caught up in the anxiety. And you know it starts to build. And the longer your, your kiddo or you have been in the spectrum, it's like it starts to stack. Well, you know, this person was, was inappropriate and said this to me. And you're like, yeah, that was inappropriate. And so, and, and you know, and I have rights. And then, and, and then the next thing you know, you are in this mode where all this stuff is happening, uh, but it has nothing to do with what's happening in the present. And here's the thing that I'm beginning to learn, and I'm just a beginning student of this, is that, you know that thing that, uh, that um, Abraham Lincoln said about people are as happy as they make themselves, their minds up to be? This moment is the only moment you get to live in. And you have the choice that you can be upset about all the things that have happened in the past. And I guarantee you, you have things to be upset about. Let's be honest. If you've been on this planet for any amount of time, you have things to be upset about, right? And, and the future, oh my goodness, we all have things to worry about in the future, don't we? I used to say that my full-time job was worrying, <laughs> And I took it seriously. I put my whole my back into it, you know? Let me worry about that, right? But but that 
on either side doesn't bring joy. Joy really only happens in the present. So if we can get ourselves present a couple of times a day, even once a day, and be in this moment, then, then we can make the choice to open ourselves up to joy, right? So it's very easy for us to get in this moment present. Um, it starts with the breath. But honestly, I, I encourage you guys always, let's all put our feet flat on the floor someplace and let's put our hands flat on something. It can be on your thighs, on the arm of your chair, on the desk in front of you. Um, but just put your hands flat and then let's take a moment and let's inhale as slowly as we can manage and as deeply as we can manage. And you might find that you get to a point and it kind of hitches. Um, and it could be because you've had some upper respiratory thing, or it could be that you haven't really taken a big, deep, slow inhale in a while. So let's just all take a moment right here. Inhale as far as you can. And, you know, some people like you to hold it. I, I'm just like, let's just get it in and get it out. Three slow inhales, sleep, three slow exhales, right? Breathe in and breathe out. And you might find that as you're pushing it out and try to push as much out as you can, uh, you might find you cough. And that's okay too. Sometimes we just need to get the gunk that's up at the bottom out, right? So, you know, wherever you are, we want to make sure you get the three. Inhale. I'm just going to keep talking, but you keep breathing. Inhale. And when you've gotten to the point where you're as full as possible, just exhale it out. Other people like to, once they're getting in that rhythm, don't you automatically, don't you feel better already? Just three inhales, three exhales. It's amazing how that much can just change your day, right? But then uh, a lot of people like to put a thought uh, with the inhale and the exhale. Some people like to say, let go. And for instance, let God. Um, you can just say, let go every time. Or you, could, you can come up with something else that you want to say. Uh, you know, let peace, let go, let peace, let go, find the words that are important for you. But if you can do this for even a couple of minutes every day, you will find that things get easier. Things that before were stress inducing, that you can, you, they're still going to be stress inducing, but you can get through them a little bit easier. It's like an insurance policy. It, it, it loads you for the day so that you can just get through something, right? I, I find it absolutely amazing. I encourage people anytime you get in the car to go someplace, stop for a second. You put on the seatbelt and stop and three deep breaths. By the way, if you're a parent and you have children on the spectrum, off the spectrum, no matter what, what a great thing to do with them. We start the practice of we get in the car, doesn't matter if we're in a hurry, that everybody takes three slow breaths in, three slow breaths out. Guarantee you the ride will go easier, right? And you can start this with little, little kids, right? It just. And once you can do three breaths, if you've got time to do more, do more. Absolutely do more. I, I was in a conversation with a parent yesterday and it really struck me because I thought, oh, am I living this and am I making sure that I say this to everybody else? It's so important 
that we remember that we have to take care of ourselves. That's self-care, right? And I evoked that thing on the airplane that they say, you know, should the unlikely happen, and ox if oxygen masks fall from the ceiling, please uh, put the oxygen mask on yourself first and then put it on your child, right? And we all hear that, and I've never been in the circumstance where I had to do that, but I know people who've had to. And they say that it's, it's really amazing because there's so much going on on and that you very quickly run out of air and that then you're of no use to your child. And that really is the whole principle behind putting the mask on yourself first and then on your child. For every autism parent that is watching the show right now, I just want to challenge you. I know because I have done this myself where I'm like, well, I'll take care of me later. He needs to have this and I've got to take care of it. And blah, 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 right? We've all done it. But I, I know firsthand there comes a day when you run out. I've been in this scary position where I was like, uh-oh, if I don't take care of this, I'm not going to be here for my child. And I watched a woman who loved her child and who had done everything for her child go through horrible illness and pass away. And I've watched her child have to cope with her being gone. And her, one of her last words was, don't let other people do this. Right? And I'm trying, I'm not good at it, right? But with you, we all have to try. And if it's just three breaths a day, that's better than nothing, right? But if you can, I also want to encourage you, the other day I, I took the time for just 20 minutes and I downloaded uh, a video, like a, on YouTube, uh, so I didn't even have to download it. I just brought up on YouTube uh, a meditation a guided meditation, and it was like 20 minutes. We actually have a meditation that we've done. I'm going to ask Traven to see if he can find it. Um, it's a meditation for stressed out parents of special needs kids. It's 11 minutes long, and I guide you through uh, a meditation to help you to get through. Um, and so I'm going to ask Traven to see if he can find it, and we'll post it on Facebook. But it's such a gift to you. And it's a greater gift to your child. First of all, you're modeling take self-care. How do you want them to be when they grow up? Do you want them to take care of themselves? Well, we have to show them what that looks like or they don't know, right? Um, but it makes you more present for your child when you're done and it's gonna keep you there longer for them because it helps with all the stress and blood pressure. So mindfulness, just getting in this moment, it doesn't have to be you doing yoga, Bikram yoga, in, where you have to drive across town and get hot and upside down. Please, if that you're into that, do that. But you don't have to, to be able to be mindful. Every little bit helps, right? Okay, there's our mindfulness for today. Hopefully you guys feel a little, I do, I feel more calm. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break and then we are going to come back. It is almost time for Aaron Herman Stinky Boy Soap. Stick with us. Welcome back to Autism Live. Sorry about the delay, but we have, we had a little bit of a technical issue, but joining us via Skype, we have Aaron Herman from Stinky Boys Soap. And Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. We're so excited that you're here. So talk to us a little bit about how, what Stinky Boys Soap is and how it came about. So I am an autism mom. I have twin boys who um, are on the autism spectrum, and we were sort of in a state of crisis in our family. I reached a point where I wasn't able to work anymore. Their needs had become too great. Um, we were doing like 30 hours of therapy a week, and I wasn't able to maintain full-time employment. 
And so um, my fiance and I were sitting on the couch one night on a Sunday night, and we were just sort of talking about, you know, what's our next step? What are we going to do from here? And I said, you know, my dream is that I would be able to open my own business to be able to use that as a way to teach Cooper and Cameron functional skills, to be able to help them be independent and to be able to give them the things that they need. And he said, okay, let's do it. What do you want to do? And so we sort of talked about what the boys' strengths were and what kind of things that they liked and were interested in. And and we just sort of built our idea from there. And the boys had really become interested in cooking and things like that. And in the past, I had made soaps and bath products as a hobby, and they had really loved doing that with me. And so that's how the idea for Stinky Boy Soap Company came to be. Do you know that there's a commercial right now um, uh, for, uh, uh, for, we're not even going to say what it is, but it basically, you, mm-hmm. and so you've seen that commercial. Do you feel like they stole your story? Um, I, I might have been a little salty about it. <laughs> Okay. All right. Because I remember, so here here was my thing. I saw that commercial and I was like, I want to talk to that mom. And of course I started researching it and I don't, I think it's an actress. I think it's a fictional thing. I can't find that at all. And then somebody brought you to my attention while I was looking for that. And I was like, well, I want to talk to her. Um, We had actually shared that commercial on Facebook and I just sort of asked hypothetically like, hmm, does it seem familiar to anyone? (laughs) And all of our friends were like, uh, that seems super specific, actually. Doesn't it? Um, so that's very fishy to me. But um, thrilled, though, that there is a, re- there, a real story, just not the, the with the person that they're showing on the commercial, as far as we know, allegedly, as they say. Um, so how old were your boys when you decided to do this? So we actually just opened our company last year. Mm-hmm. So the boys are uh, 12. Um, and our, our sort of autism journey isn't typical. We didn't actually receive the diagnosis until the boys were 10. What we got up until then was every three to six months, we ended up with a new specialist and we got a new diagnosis. And so we sort of had this long list of diagnoses, right? Um, that were basically just them diagnosing the symptoms of their autism. Isn't that um, oh, so right. frustrating? So, so we didn't get an official diagnosis until sort of late in life. Um, and so we were sort of behind the mark a little bit. I didn't have the services in place. You know, we had done speech therapy and occupational therapy and all of these other things, but um, we just sort of felt like we were, we were behind where we needed to be, right? Like, Had we had a diagnosis earlier, we would have had better services in place and more appropriate services in place for them. But that just wasn't in the cards for us. And so um, as a mom, I did what I had to do. Well, and let me just say to you that, Erin, we only had to hear from you for 30 seconds, and we're all like, oh, my gosh, I want to be you when I grow up. Because first of all, you at, at the age of 12, you were already worried about uh, and, and addressing your children going into pre-employment and employment and entrepreneurial skills. So you are so far ahead of the rest of us that you deserve to have a statue in a park named after you, right? And second of all, to, for you to be here doing an interview with us and you already have your beautiful logo framed behind you and, you, you know, I, I'm sure that you're busy making soap and wrapping soap and doing all these things, but you look fabulous and you're even wearing pearls. Girl, 
I'm, and, and you're saying to us that you you hatched this while sitting on the sofa with your fiance, and people are like, she's got a fiance, she's got twin boys, uh, you know, diagnosed on the spectrum, and she's got a fiance. You, I think you have it all together. I really don't. If you saw the stack of dishes in my sink, or the 18 loads of laundry that need to be done right now. We really are just living our lives. I, I think like you're just way. trying to make me feel better now. Because <laughs> that, because, and it does. It we does really make are, me feel better. We really are just a hot mess, but this, this is our life. And that's what we tell people all the time. Like, I'm, I'm not an expert on anything. I'm, I'm not even an expert on soap, right? Like, I don't, I'm not the expert on anything, but I am the expert on my kids. And we knew that there were skills that the boys needed that I needed to be able to for them to be able to use those skills in every part of their life now. Which is right? wonderful. And a lot of those skills are the same skills that you use to run a business. They need to be able to um, self-initiate tasks. They need to be able to manage their time. They need to be able to, to do a lot of the same things that we use to run our business. And so I thought, well, you know, if I can give them a real-life opportunity to see those skills pay off, then they'll be motivated to use those same skills in other parts of their life, like school and making friends and, and things like that. Well, um, talk to us about the soap. We want to, because I want to buy some, uh, and I'm so, sure other people do. So my fiance and the, and the boys like to say it's the best soap you've never tried. Um, currently, we make all organic goat milk soaps. Um, we make goat milk and honey lotion, and we make raw beeswax body balms. We don't use any artificial uh, preservatives, colors, fragrances. Everything that we use is completely natural and organic. Um, we use only certified organic essential oils in our products. Um, everything is made. We actually converted the shed behind our house into our shop. Um, everything is made right here at our home. Um, it's made by us. It's hand-wrapped by us, it's packaged by us, it's shipped by us. Have you got anything you can show me there in front of you? Do you have any products so we can see what it looks like, so we can recognize um, it when actually, we see Actually, yeah, can you give me one second? Uh, yes, Traven, bring it back to me while she goes, okay, is everybody else as intrigued as me? Because, uh, like, I've been looking for these kinds of products anyway, and to be able to support uh, an autism mom and her two boys in their entrepreneurship journey um, with the ingredients that I was looking for anyway, that top of my head just came off and flew around the room. Is it just me? Um, and love, I, I gotta say too, that I love her logo. I, I love that they're showing boys at different stages of their development because boys, all right, let's talk about this. Boys hit a point where all of a sudden they get a little stinky. I, I, I know that, uh, there, she's back. You got some product you can show us? I do, so, so these are um, a couple of our soaps that we have. Um, love the packaging, see, I knew I would. Yeah, so all of our soaps we hand wrap in brown paper bags and that's sort of a, a special touch from us. So when I was growing up, my grandfather always wrapped gifts in brown paper bags. And he always said that the best gifts in life come in brown paper bags. And so we thought that was really a special touch that we wanted to add. So we wrap all of our soaps in brown paper bags because it's our gift to you. We're using our gifts to create something special for all of our customers. Love it. Absolutely love it. So where do we purchase, Erin? So you can purchase any of our soaps on www.stinkyboysoap.com. 
Um, you can also check out our Facebook page. The twins actually do Facebook Live videos where they talk about their autism and what it's like for them and how they interact with the world and what they would like other people to know about what it's like to live with autism. Um, Wonderful. So, yeah, this has really given them a, an opportunity to be able to sort of self-advocate and to practice some of those self-advocacy skills that they're going to need as adults. Absolutely. What a smart mom you are. Now, what's the goal? What What do you want to do with Stinky Boy Soap? Uh, like, is this, are you getting ready to go on Shark Tank or anything? Uh, what's What's happening? Um, people ask us all the time about Shark Tank. I don't, I don't know. Um, our goal, what, what I see for our company, our vision is that we want to grow to the point that we can hire other individuals with autism or developmental disabilities and to be, um, to be able to offer them the same opportunity to learn those same skills. We, we want to have the, the majority of our employee base be individuals with disabilities. Love it. I just, I love it. And I just met you, but Aaron, I love you. I love what you are doing for your boys. I love what the example that you're setting. And I, and I also want to put it out there because we talk all the time. We just had Joanne Lara on the show the other day. Um, and we were talking about the fact that teaching pre-employment skills to our kids should not start at 18. Um, that starting as young as you're starting is the key, right? Right, I very much agree with you. Um, so my background is in special education, and I used to see them in the school system, and they would start to implement sort of transition plans in 11th and 12th grade, and I'm just thinking, you're giving them 186 days out of the school year to have the transitional skills to be able to leave high school and go into the workforce or secondary education or whatever they're going to do. How do you like how do we justify that that's enough time? Yeah. Right? It took me 36 years to learn the skills that I have now. So as a mom, I felt like I needed to sort of help my kids stack the deck for themselves a little bit. Absolutely. And it's something that we all need to be able to do. And not everybody can make it make it begin like you have, Erin, although you know, I, I just think it's remarkable that you did, but I love that now down the road, you're going to be able to employ other people's kids who maybe don't feel that they have the ability to start a business. Um, and that's, that's going to be absolutely amazing. So, um, again, we want to go to stinkyboysoap.com and check them out on Facebook. Please like them on Facebook, you guys. I'm going to order some soap. I encourage you guys to order some soap um, because it's, it's great soap. We've got all the right ingredients, right? And um, so we'll help to support them because what I'd love to do is check back with you in six months or a year and see how many more people that you guys have been able to employ and what's happening because I see that you are a mover and shaker. Thank you so much. We're very excited. This has been beyond anything that we ever dreamed it could be. It has opened so many opportunities for us. The support that we've received has been out of this world. I mean, we, we had no idea, you know, that it would grow this fast or that it would be loved as much as it is. And we're just so blessed and so thankful to have this opportunity and to be able to do this for our boys and hopefully to be able to do this for other individuals as well. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Give our love to your entire family and you'll be expecting my order before the end of the day. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, take care. Thanks for being with us.
Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. uh, what an amazing mom, you guys. Like, I don't know about you, but doesn't that just, uh, that inspires me. I just go, okay, see, look, look at how much is right in the world. We can always look and see what's wrong, right? And there's plenty that's wrong, but look at how much is right in the world. When we have parents that are doing these kinds of things. Now, don't let it, if you're in a place where you're like, but I don't know what business I want to open, don't panic. Um, th this isn't a like, you have to do it because you might, your calling might be someplace else. Look, I can't open a business. But I found a different calling, right? You will find your calling along the way. But the point is that there are resources out there. There are more and more people that are doing things like this um, and more and more opportunities for our teenagers uh, and our, our young adults for them to be entrepreneurs. So I, I just think that that's really remarkable. Definitely get some soap be a part of this revolution. Uh, okay, so I wanna take just a minute, because uh, we got a little less than a minute left of the show, to talk about tomorrow's show. Uh, tomorrow is Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. Nancy Allspot Jackson will be joining me, and we've got a really amazing guest, you guys. It's Katrina Aguilar. She was on the show just briefly once before when we had Kiki Ebsen and Clifford Bell on the show with us. Um, Katrina is a classically trained um, vocalist who happens to be on the autism spectrum and she's got a show that's coming up that is very near and dear to her heart that she's worked with um, Clifford Bell who is the king of cabaret let me just say talk about name dropping um, so Katrina's going to be here with us talking about her journey with autism how being a singer on the autism spectrum led her to be able to tour the world and sing in you know many different countries of the world then come back and go to the Boston Conservatory of music and now what she is doing as a result she's a lovely lovely young woman with a voice that we just keep hearing over and over that it's she's been doing a series of shows around LA and it's that's it's all anybody's talking about is how brilliant she is and and I was saying that you know she has this name that is very similar to another name um, and that it's not the only thing that is similar because she's got a powerhouse voice so Katrina Aguilar will be with us tomorrow Tomorrow, Nancy and I on the show and then uh, next week we've got a lineup of shows and we do have Dr. Grampiche joining us again next week I had uh, corroboration on that so you're not going to want to miss next week's show but I believe that we are out of time so I want to thank you for being here with us and want to thank our lovely guest uh, from Stinky Boy Soap go get you some and we'll be back tomorrow <clears throat> Excuse me, Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy, Katrina Aguilar, so inspirational. You're going to love that. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.